Yo, it's Augustine, and you are tuned in to the stage of the Black Man's Mental Health Podcast. From everybody to the state of the Black Man's Mental Health Podcast, I'm Paige Benjamin, one of your hosts, and today we're going to talk about depression amongst Black men in our community. Um, this is something that I've dealt with a bit of myself, as well as dealing with a very close friend of mine, and when we brought up the topic to discuss amongst the brothers today, um, everybody was in overwhelming agreement that this is definitely something that we need to talk about. So with that being said, um, this episode is about, you know, depression. Uh, when we first started the show, we asked the panel, what do you think the current state of the Black man's mental health was? And it was alarming. And so today we hope that we can dive in a little deeper and have some of these conversations that we are not really having. And if we're having it, we're having it in the dark where no one else can heal or learn from past experiences. So before we continue, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and let us know what you think. Please also feel free to leave a comment in the, in the, in the comments. Please feel free to interact with the guests. Um, and so with that being said, I'm gonna introduce my co-host, Brother Copeland, Brother Copeland, I hope you're ready. Uh, we're going to bring him on the screen real quick. Go ahead, Brother Copeland, tell the people who you are, brother. Oh, I am Copeland. I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. You know, that that's <laughs> always is amazing to get that level of, of enthusiasm from you. Um, it's always welcome, so I appreciate it, good brother. All right, all right. So we're gonna bring on another good brother onto the stage. Uh, brother, tell us who you are. Peace, peace. OGI Triller checking in of King's Treasure uh, at OGI Triller on IG, all platforms. Uh, King's Treasure Customs on IG. We make crystal and gemstone jewelry. Uh, we sell incense, sage, all the good stuff to assist people with spiritual healing because I feel everything stems from the mind, starts in the mind and the spirit, of course which is connected and then it flows through the body. Awesome, awesome. And so as we continue this um, show, I want everybody to feel comfortable in leaving a comment, dropping a message for the guests so that they know that you have them in mind. So with that being said, we're gonna get things started, right? Common misconception about mental health is that it affects everyone the same way. For depression in particular, people can be clinically depressed or having a moment of depression without looking like a stereotypical idea of what depression is. So, OG, for you, um, what did depression look like for you? Or what does depression look like for you? Man, just uh, stress levels beyond um, your receptors. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you got a normal frequency range of what you can withstand. You know what I'm saying? And we go through so much in this life here on this planet. Cause I mean, it's, it's all about the lessons and the learning, right? But it's so easy to get distracted and not, uh, right? So it's like outside of being able to step up into your higher self and look down at yourself like, okay, I'm here, I'm going through this so I can teach somebody, help somebody. Once I get out of it, I just need to persevere and push through in the right way, in a healthy way. But um, for me, it was the disadvantages of not having support or a healthy community or environment to, you know, help me understand what I was feeling or what I what I'm going through as you go through these dark phases and moments. So I was forced to kind of heal a lot of you know traumatic experiences and depression uh, by myself. And with my queen, you know, she had a lot of stuff too. You know, a lot of things we deal with with women, and we don't even know how to do that because you never see anybody do it even when we have mm. family members that go through stuff there's so much shame pride and guilt to the point where nobody want to let you see them go through their shit. you know mm. and so, and so you know how did this impact your day-to-day -day life bro um chaos man chaos manifested it was like i wasn't sleeping well um I didn't, I had times where I didn't want to eat. Uh, I've been suicidal. I thought about jumping off buildings, jumping off a bridge, all that stuff. But I had, you know, it's like you need to reflect on life. So like when you go through these 
um, these things, these dark moments and these, these times where you're being challenged by everything. It just feels like everything is challenging you in life, right? Mm-hmm. You want to reflect and see the things that you already overcame. You know what I'm saying? It helped to journal. Uh, I started writing a lot. Uh, I started reading, exposing my mind to different things and it go myself in nature. Um, started my day in nature, ended my days in nature. And it really allows you to release and replenish. You know what I'm saying? Because you think about it, everything here is is getting this energy from the sun. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And once you connect, once you connect with nature, you could kind of pull some of that energy through nature from the sun, and you know you channel it. But it was it was very challenging, man. Um, I, I just I had to get very creative because a lot of stuff that I tried didn't work. Like just smoking more weed, that shit ain't work. Like I just I really needed. A balanced mushroom stuff a lot too. Psilocybin, that shit is very helpful. Um, but I had to get creative and just start doing new things and start thinking in different ways. And the new experiences helped me open my mind up to new ways of thinking. And I also had to become accountable for the things that I could control and even training my mind to stop worrying and thinking about the things that were out of my control. Got it, got it. And so did you feel like so you actually alluded to it a little bit, right? Like smoking was a way, was that like one of your coping mechanisms to kind of dealing with it? Or did you have other coping mechanisms to help you kind of, you know, work through it? Yeah, I feel everybody um, uses smoking in that way, but it's tough when you don't moderate it. Um, yoga yoga helped me a whole lot. I ain't gonna lie about that. Um, and it's, it's crazy because when I think about it, like I went through so many different types of depression and mental um, challenges. I always think back to my darkest that I can remember, which was probably about uh, seven years, six years ago, uh, after we had our first born, and we moved from you know our life in Charleston, living on to regroup and reset. Imagine going from, like I said, you had an apartment, you don't even have a TV. We just vibe the music. We live kind of zen. You know, we go to the beach after work, shit like, like that. To moving back home to the country, new life, new experience. It was it was pretty challenging for me mentally because, like, all this shit is new. I'm like, what do I do whenever I need help, bro? Like, whenever whenever you 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 watch people in your family go through stuff, like I said, nobody is openly expressing what they went through so you can understand and avoid the same mistakes because they have so much shame and guilt you know what I'm saying? so i'm grateful for situations like this and you know podcasts and these opportunities so that we can allow other people you know especially youth and a lot of our peers to get around the shame and guilt that it's not okay to talk about like you have to talk about this shit. you got to get it off your chest you got to get it out your head write about it whatever get yourself to a point where you're comfortable speaking about it because carrying that on your heart, it it takes away from your light. You're supposed to be like a child. You're supposed to live free, happy, loving. You know what I'm saying? But you know the way society. No, is no, 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 no. I think you should break that down a little bit talk more. That. Talk that, because talk. I don't know what you mean when you say okay. to me as a man that I need to live a happy life. Like, let's be serious. Tell me what that means as a man. Like, living a happy life. All right, so you got to find balance in worldly things, spiritual things, and mental things. Mm-hmm. All them things got to go on the scale. And, and as you... You know... You got to work, work. You know, you got to get your bag. You got to do all, all that, right? Put that shit in the window after the shit that nurtures your spirit and your mind because you need your spirit and your mind to do anything with your body. And so it's how me. That's the whole protection. Because you know how it goes. Like, if we hit it, if we hit it too, one or two too many times, it's over for everything. You know what I'm saying? You know that. 
but we also know how beneficial it can be if we just tap it a little bit or we just use whatever tools we have, you know, that, that are most beneficial for us in that moment. So I feel like um, really evaluating and writing out our situations and breaking down what we can use to creatively take a different approach to finding balance and creating balance in our individual situations is, is key because the the playfulness the joyfulness like and healing the inner child which i've been doing through bike riding you know what i'm saying and create music again uh is very imperative because if you walk around with a broken inner child like he's screaming crying and hollering while you put on a face like everything okay but he's just trying to get out of the closet and then you look up and you go fuck somebody's wife and next thing you know somebody fucking your wife and now you're like what the fuck is going on in my life you know what i'm saying not just using that as so the, so let me let me ask you, you know so let me ask you a question real quick right so um do you feel like you know when you when you're going through your depression you're when you're going through depression you feel less of a man never because uh, you mentioned I like we're to... not expected to like talk about it we're not expected to like show our emotions is that the part that like to be a man that 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 deals with depression, you feel like you're lesser than and probably shouldn't be talking to people about it because they're gonna look at you different. It's like I, I I create exercise, I create challenging exercises for myself to get over stuff. Like I stopped shaving my face and shaping up my stuff so, because, and even just putting on nice clothes everywhere I go every time. I leave. Sometimes I look like I've been working hard all day. I don't care, but that's so that I can get comfortable with who I am. You know what I'm saying, um, and that helped me. But I, I have when I was younger and I was trying to develop um, a sense of self. You know what I'm saying? Find my balance. It did make me feel like uh, less of a man, and I had self-esteem issues. I had, you know, some of the the common issues that everybody deal with, and I feel like it stems from watching our elders our parents and a lot of and even our ancestors you know we feel what they feel they felt a lot of can you imagine how they felt after being a lot of them that were sharecropping and enslaved and stuff you know being raped and molested and even the stuff they went through with some of their own families you know what i'm saying right right we, and and so we, with, we with pick up a lot of that so because so let me ask you i'm gonna just follow up with that like did you feel like people, one, did you think people knew you were in a depressive state when you were there? Nah, I, I feel like they they didn't care. Um, it's really, mm. it's so much judgment around success and material gain. Like the dollar, the what, he, what is he doing? What are he going to do? What he got? Is he going to lose it or what if like? even understand nothing about their culture african spirituality native american whatever your indigenousness is whatever your ancestors practice and how they thought how they live we so far against that we're going against ourselves because with the gossip and all the talking all that you putting power on words that continue to oppress and raise the vibrations of oppression on your own people when you move like that like gossip and stuff we, we spoke on that earlier bro Gossip was created by the Europeans that infiltrated the tribes in Africa to, you know, basically dismantle and disconnect because we were so, so strong because we had these units. My family, my tribe, we all produce and we got what y'all got. And when we got that, when we got infiltrated and done the way we was done, it was gossip played a big part in it. So the gossip that was spread to badmouth the kings and emperors made the tribes workers start looking like, well, shit, who these folks think they is? Well, nah, these Europeans might be right because and next thing you know, everybody on the slave ship coming back over here to work, even including the kings. So it's like we had structure, we had order, but when we lost our morals and principles and our love and support for one another, which now you look up everybody you got to chase the bag and then with inflation it's like oh no nah, bro i really got to chase the bag i ain't got time for none of that shit, bro like 
Bro, right. call your little cousin. Call your nephew. Call, you know what I'm saying? Check on these folk because we're going through so much, bro, even with the mass amounts of, you know, death and carnage. And that's a lot. You feel me? But I'm grateful um, to have the, the understanding that I have because I feel like um, I, I went through what I went through so that I could talk about it and show people that you can get through it too. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, you know, for me, you know, so I'm kind of like, so I'll talk about my experience, right? And so I I don't know if I was in just in a depressive state or just like, just feeling like underwhelmed with life, right? Like, I, I think the mm. first time I ever felt like what would, you know, a non-clinical format of depression was like graduating college right um what they don't give you is this manual for life right you you spent majority of your life waking up go to school waking up go to school waking up go to school and then if you got a job you're lucky you're working right and then you remove the (laughs) school aspect of it right so as a person like i can't imagine how a person who's been incarcerated feels when they leave an institution, right? Like the judicial system, right? So someone coming from the institution Mm -hmm. of education, when you remove that aspect of like repetitiveness, you then realize you got an extra eight to 10 hours of your day and there's nothing to show for it. Or not even just nothing to show for it, (laughs) nothing to do, right? Because they don't tell you, well, you just need to go consume that with something else or you just need to relax. I mean, I come from a West Indian background, so having an extra eight to 10 hours is almost like, bro, you the laziest person in the world. You know what I mean? And in my head, I was like, yo, I'm wasting away and not really doing anything with myself. And so my resolve was, well- Why no one relax? No, my resolve was I need to go back to school, right? And so that's what triggered me getting my first master's degree. And then when that was done, it was like, all right, what do we do? I went and got my MBA behind that. And so you got to think, like, if if my accomplishments are based on a, a history of academic prowess, once that academic, once academia has been removed from my day to day, it was like, what do I have? Like, you go to work every day. After you finish work, you ain't got nothing else. Like, I was accustomed yeah. to, like, mixing work and school, right? So I'm working some hours, I'm, I'm in school some hours. And so my days are usually consumed of, you know, blending the, the day with academics and then my day-to-day job. Um, and so with that being said, that was kind of one of my, and then I can understand. So, you know, I must take a couple of steps back, right? So I had a conversation with my close frat brother. Um, he, he suffers from clinical depression. And um, a lot of us didn't really recognize it until we realized he would just disappear at times on end, right? That's that, just this going to seclusion. And as much as we try to call him, he's not answering phones. So, you know, I did one of these things where I just pulled up on him like, yo, I'm outside, LB was good. You know, he ain't gonna deny me, right? And you know, that's where that bond comes. He's not going to deny me and be like, yo, you can't come in. But when he let me in, it was a line of bottles, empty bottles open. Now, you know, once again, he, he, prior to this, he allowed, he said, I can have these conversations. So I'm not just putting his information out there on front street. So I just want everybody to know I'm not just putting him out on front street, but you know, I, when I asked him, like, what does depression look like for you? You know, he was like, well, look, you know, I'm a person that's comfortable with being alone, but depression, especially during the pandemic, was 10 times worse, right? Because from time to time, he'd be able to pull himself out of it mm-hmm. to be able to find the frat, uh, some of our frat brothers or his family. But in a pandemic, you don't know who's got it, who doesn't have it. So it took him like completely out, you know? And you mentioned earlier, like, the way our mind works manifests through our bodies. And 
he expressed to me that at one point he had to be hospitalized during the pandemic because he was vitamin deficient, not taking care of himself, right? And these are some serious things that people that wow. are going through this, mm-hmm. you know, deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I think his saving grace was when he was released from the hospital, he was put together with his family, right? And him being around his family allowed him to really feel a lot better about himself, right? And really feel like that sense of connection. Because once again, when you it's one thing to be good with yourself, but it's, it's another when you need that connection, you can't have it. And when he's coming out of it and he's trying to, and he's actively trying to come out of it and he can't come out of it because there's no one around that he can go to that. He was like, yo, that was probably the worst time. He's the worst he's ever experienced. You know, to a point where he, this is the first time it forever, it it ever physically manifested into something that had him hospitalized. You know what I mean? Um, And so with that, I asked him the following question. Right, like, do you think people know? And to his response was like, you know, it's kind of hard for people to know because I seclude myself on a regular basis. Fact, fact. Right. Because so because I deal, I deal with this so long. Yeah. Because that's his normal behavior. You know, people were weren't sure whether it was that nature or something else, but you know, it it. it once again, it, it was one of those things where I was calling his dad, checking up on him through his dad, just because they would allow us to be able to kind of, they would, he would allow me to feel comfortable knowing he's okay. Um, we are about to bring on an amazing gentleman, and I appreciate you for giving us your time, Julian. Can you tell the people who you are and tap into the conversation wherever you can? Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm uh, Dr. Julian Vives. I'm a clinical psychologist. Uh, just got licensed in the in the UK, and uh, I'm a mental licensed as a mental health counselor here in Florida. And uh, you know, I always try to come out to you know just talk about mental health in general. Any specific, Julian is always you know, supportive. Niche, I'm here and for and brings the knowledge and brings the heat. So you know, bear with the internet connection issues. We know it's 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 a thing right now, but um, you know, as Julian's connection resolves itself, um, Julian is one of the foremost people on this platform to talk about this topic. Now, you know, a little birdie told me Julian gets uber excited when he when it comes to this topic, especially around you know black men dealing with depression. Um, and so, as his internet connection improves, we hope that we can get some amazing words from brother Julian, um, Dr. Julian, right? Um, we gonna add his other join in here. Um, so yeah, we gonna add Dr. Dr. Julian. What's up, doc? What's good, what's good, man? I'm sorry, I don't even know if you heard anything I said before. We heard half of it, but you the OG when it comes to depression in our community. So yeah. we definitely wanna hear from you. So. You know, where where we really came off was, you know, we mentioned early on that, you know, depression can look different based on who's experiencing it, right? We have clinically um, diagnosed folks with depression and people that are feeling depressed, right? Um, and none are any lesser than the other. It's just there's different, different ways that people experience it. And so what we Absolutely. were asking really was, you know, in your per- professional experience, you know, what are some ways that, let me, let me take a couple of steps back, like in your professional experience, do you feel as though that those going through depression don't tell people about it because it makes them feel less than a man? Absolutely. I would say that is a big component of that. Um, maybe a more important, so more troublesome, I guess, is is that who's listening, mm. right? who's listening to the man who's who wants to be gentle towards that man to, to listen to him, who wants to, you know, connect emotionally to that man. Um, and I don't think that's something that we talk about enough. Why, mm. What's the incentive of me speaking about my depression to someone who isn't listening? I'm just going to probably hurt myself some more and that just reinforces things. So just to put it out there, I think it's important that we start thinking that way. Uh, if, if we want people to open up, we need to be, 
open and available to that. And, um, you know, Ashley asked this question earlier, and I wanted to kind of wait till you jumped on so you can answer mm -hmm. some of these questions for us. You know, what do you think can be done to break the cycle of feeling less than when dealing with depression or a depressive episode? Sure, you, sure. Yeah, I, I think I think um, another thing in addition to being open to your, you know, your fellow friend, you know, just for whatever on an emotional level, um, what an individual can do is act. Um, and I know that sounds very like simple and remedial, but whenever we're talking about uh, actually addressing depression, you have to do something. So something needs to be done. Um, even in, in talk therapy, if you know, there's no if there's no forward progress, nothing's gonna uh, come out of it. So breaking that cycle, just just doing something, knowing that um, I like accepting that this is a, a way how you're treating your depression. I think um, once once we start to realize that we can do it for ourselves, right, and we should be doing it, that's that's one healthy way of breaking the cycle. Okay. Okay, cool. Did you ask something to say, Yeah, I want to ask a question. When you say act, you're not saying do something like anything. You're saying act on the feeling of depression, if you're aware of it, or you're saying to do anything, like get into something. Get into Get it, get do anything. I'm, I'm talking okay, about perfect. doing anything, no, no, no. right? That's so, what I th okay, that's what I thought. So now here's my question, mm -hmm. because I feel like, and so maybe I just need some clarity. Because I, I was thinking in my head as Trilla was talking and everything that I don't feel, and I, at first I was thinking I don't really have any serious depressive states. And I've never really felt less than in any of these things. But what I have felt though, and this is what Paige said, I have felt that the things that I'm going through are not that big of a deal that I have to go put it on somebody else's plate. And so whenever I'm feeling away, I, it's really, it's usually a matter of me not doing enough in a project that I think that I should be doing more in or for somebody that I think I should be doing more for. So I think the, the reason why I don't think I've ever really succumbed to anything is because I, there's always something for me to do. Right. And Copeland, you made some, you, you made a, a very poignant point, right? That uh, about how you feel and how, how you express it, you know, that there's undertones of like low self-esteem there, right? I am not good enough to, you know, uh, or I'm not good enough to put my burdens on you. I'm not good enough to tell you what's going on. So that's something to recognize as well, that there's, you know, we have, uh, when we think about depression, especially as men, it could really take a hit to our egos at times um, and it promotes that low self-esteem. I mean, we, it's just some, another thing to acknowledge, another thing to acknowledge to um, just better familiarize yourself with what depression looks like, what, what it feels like. What if it's a form where- A form of what? of hyper-masculinity, whereas it's not so much that I don't feel like I'm good enough to put it on their plate, but these are people that I so I more so look like I'm their protector. So what do I look like putting the problem of the thing yeah. on and, my and there And therein lies a big problem, right? Like all that pressure that men take on that don't have to take on. So it's... Mm. It's it's very multifaceted. That answer you could you could go many different ways, but I I think I'm hearing the undertone of that sense of responsibility. Like we have to do, we don't have to do anything, but uh, society forces us, you know, to to this notion. So and a trauma wanna, of not having community, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. And so I want to I want to go into something. <clears throat> I want to go into something a little deeper, real quick. Um, you know, there are often negative stereotypes around mental health and black men are more likely to be misdiagnosed or misunderstood when it comes to mental health. Um, with that being said, and Trilla, like, you know, you mentioned seeking, you know, journaling and, and, and yoga to kind of center you, right? Like, what made you seek that, um, that level of help? Like, because the thing is, like, and Julian can, can concur, like, therapy isn't for everybody, right? Like, talk therapy right, isn't always right. for everybody. 
Um, there's behavioral and there's, there's so many different levels of therapy. And, you know, Trilla is a holistic person from crystals to yoga to meditation. Um, what made you choose to, to, to tap into the, the yoga so you can be more in tune with yourself? I don't know. Oh, man. Um, I can't hear you. Can afford no therapy. I ain't like, mm. and we don't have the resources that people in the city have. Are we, are we that good? Okay, I put that power on the frequency. You see how I do? <laughs> I can't handle all that. I say, <laughs> I say, I say. Um, nah, bro, it's, I say, I say. But it's um, you know, it was a matter of limited resources, bro. Like, you talk to people, they call you crazy. You mm. you walk around barefoot, they call you crazy. Like just trying shit. I got to the point where I'm like, bro, I'm about to try everything. I'm about to go left. Y'all dying from eating this slave food, this regular food. Let me go get information, figure out how to make better food so I can live better. Um, everybody around me depressed, going through mental health issues. Let me study y'all. Let me become the therapist, the psychologist, so that I can figure it out because nobody's trying to help me figure it out. You feel me? Mm. I was forced. Because, like I said, I've been, I got stabbed at 14. I got, I got a car accident at 14, broke my neck in two places. I got stabbed at 17. Dude stabbed me in my chest, tried to, tried to take me out. I got shot at 18. You feel me? Mm. Fresh out of high school. Nigga shot me in the face, tried to blow my head off. So it's like, I, I had questions that were therapy questions. And I didn't have any support or outlets to get the the answers or the clarity that i needed all i had was christians around me saying praying you got a purpose your life has a purpose but until i started studying the life of buddha and the enslavement of my ancestors and african spirituality and all these different cultures like the og said um and i appreciate you bro for tapping in because what he said is a thousand percent accurate the more you expose yourself to new and different experiences, the more you allow your mind to create new experiences and vibrations. And that's what gets you out of ruts. That's what keeps you from, you know, getting caught up in the dark or getting trapped in these boxes. Mm. So I want to I want to step in real quick um, and just to add on to, you know, um, Ike slash Trilla's like testimony like i literally went to visit this one horse town right <laughs> um bro <laughs> and 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 this is where you know the get my cheese on my cracker foundation is really about right we have brothers like ike that can't find an individual like you julian to help him right like when we talk about he's an entrepreneur doing everything on his own insurance may not be the top on his list of being able to to, to, to take care of, and or if he has insurance through the Obama plan, he may not be able to afford you, Julian, right? He may not be able to afford the next person. And these are some of the things that we really want to break that barrier because a lot of the people in our community, one, think they can't afford therapy, right? And then two, I think there's a misconception of how much it actually costs. But, you know, how much it actually costs also dependent on the level of insurances you have, right? And as you already know, Julian, there are people you can take that need your help, and there, there are people you would like to take, but you can't because they out of out of network and they can't pay that out of pocket cost. So, is this something common that you've been seeing amongst not just men but the people in our community in in circumventing therapy because it's not the affordable route? Absolutely. And, and just to go back, you know, to what Trilla said, I, I just want to paint the picture again, like he did something, he was doing anything and everything, right? He addressed depression. And that's, that's exactly the example um, that I had in my head. Like you tried everything, you're barefoot on the ground, yoga, this, that, like, that's what I'm talking about. So something that we should all know and it, it's the proof is in the pudding right like you know it, it worked for you it did something um to answer the other question about the affordability yeah it, it, it is very very unfortunate that um this is a it's a huge issue 
um, it, it's not readily accessible to anyone. Even with these apps nowadays, it, it, it costs way too much. Um, the important thing that, that uh, we know is that we can treat ourselves, right? We have the answers uh, to heal ourselves. We just need to be asked the right questions at times. So um, educating yourself, asking other people, um, you know, talking to other people about that, that's, that's what we can do. And it, and it is effective, very effective. Mm -hmm. What we're doing here today, I'm sure it'll last, it'll leave an impression on each one of us, a new perspective. And this, this is addressing it without, you know, the use of uh, a mental health professional like myself. Right, right. And, and the other piece, and, you know, um, Trilla literally exposed me to a lot this weekend, right? I mean, literally in what, 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours, right? Um, Real his, quick. His, his, his amazing queen is an herbalist, right? When I talk about they got jars of herbs that can take care of just about everything known to man, um, you know, therapy can always be supplemented by religion, by Western philosophy, by yoga, by crystals, by herbs, um, where, you know, you know, as a, as a professional, you even said yourself, it's like, look, you know, when you're in this state, just do something. Because I think that the more you sit in it and, and, and fester in it, the worse it gets off of you. And so with that being said, OG, Trilla, um, can you talk to us about like, because, you know, you're an entrepreneur that focuses on the natural healings, meditation, crystals, you know, can you talk can I share something? Can I share the, something real quick? Before you hit me, I want to share something real quick while it's on my mind. So mm -hmm. one of the big things that helped me heal, I'm a question asker. I'm a truth seeker. So I ask a lot of questions. I had I made an observation um, when I was going through all that. So I studied my thoughts. I asked myself questions. And this is a big uh, part of the art form of meditation because we live in meditation. That's what we do now. Um, but when I was in the truck, I'm driving, I'm going through all my thoughts and I'm analyzing. I'm questioning my feelings and my thoughts. I'm questioning them, trying to find the origins of them. You know what I'm saying? And as I find them, I create new truths and I'm able to put my emotions in the categories and separate them from toxicity and even just things that replay over and over that challenge me and I continue to go through. Another thing that I realized was all therapists, all healers, all yogis, all people of wealth, what do they have in common? What is everybody that is successful in some, you know, on, to whatever level, what do they have in common? They have libraries. Everybody read. It's inexpensive. You can go to the library, you can rent books for cheap. You can find a book on anything that you're interested in or that you're going through to tap into. So that was a big part of my healing as well. I just wanted to share that before we get into anything else. And and that that con continues to expand on Julian's you know idea of just do something right like yeah. you chose to take it on yourself to do something to educate your mind to to find new and creative ways to you know release that 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 energy within you right and so by releasing this energy you because went from but 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 what by releasing that energy you went from truck driving full time to now, you know, curating these massive crystals, right? Changing people's lives right. through the messages that the crystals provide. Talk a little bit about that transformation because, you know, I think that transformation led to the state of peace you seem to be in today. And, you know, every yeah, and you now touch more people around the world than you were as a truck driver, right? Facts, facts, yeah, yeah. So it's like um, we tapped in with crystals after we had King. That's why the business is named King Treasure. I'm Ike. My son is King Ike. And um, it literally was, it's like it's magneticism. I did a fast. I did a seven-day fast. I didn't talk. I didn't say a word for seven days. And during that fast, I was listening. I was observing everybody, everything around me. And I was also charging my energy because we speak so much. We say so much. A lot of people don't even realize they disempower themselves and they put themselves in places that they don't really want to be in mentally through what they say how they think and that's why they call it spelling because these words are spelled I'm sure everybody didn't heard this before but um with the crystals once i came to the realization that what's inside of the crystals is also what's inside of us 
and it's also what's in the cosmos and what's what makes up the stardust and the planets and all these things. Um, I, I came to a point where I'm like, okay, where do crystals come from? They come from the earth, right? They come out of the ground. So you look at the ground, so much research and studies that show you how grounding yourself, just going outside barefoot. Some people lay on the earth. Uh, it's African scholars like uh, Maladoma. Maladoma Samaz, he, he transitioned this year. But he would have people at his retreats to get naked and bury themselves in the earth, you know, be there for a couple hours for some time. And what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of these practices sound crazy, but in actuality, this is what brings serenity. If you think about how our ancestors lived, that was another thing that helped me out a lot. I walked these country roads because I live on the same block that my ancestors sharecropped. They picked their cotton out there, you know what I'm saying? And when I'm talking to my uncle, I'm... I'm retaining this information about just everything that we did and tried to do from selling Creek liquor to doing this, to doing that, to everything. So I started figuring out what I'm attracted to. Like I saw some crystals that I wanted, some jewelry I wanted on Etsy. Nisha like, yeah, I can make that. I'm like, okay, but you get supplies, you do it. She working full time. I'm a stay at home dad with King. That's the thing that taught me compassion and opened my heart up. I was stay at home dad for the first six months of King's life. So I was able to see through a woman's eyes and through a completely different perspective than I'm, I normally am. Like bro said, different experiences lead you different ways. From that to truck driving, never met myself being a truck driver either. Whole new experience once again. But the people that I was able to come in contact with and the information that I was able to attain, not through reading or anything like that, just through experience. As you travel, as you do new things, your mind opens up to whatever. Like if you go somewhere, if you go to a place and something happened there, I don't care how ancient it is or how recent it is, you could feel it. Your spirit knows, but you have to do the work to be able to tap into the information, to do the breath work, to be able to tap into spirit and know like, all right, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'm feeling and having the knowledge and understanding of, okay, this is how I work with that energy to benefit me. You know what I'm saying? When it came to crystals, um, the crystals are composed of the same things in our body. So whenever you have ideas and thoughts or you say things, it, it bounces off the crystals and it amplifies. I went through moments where I was depressed with these crystals. Guess what? Everything was all fucked up. I wasn't charging them. I ain't had a knowledge. I ain't know. Like, I almost crashed out again. But mm. when I started taking all my stuff outside, charging it, taking myself outside, becoming a child again, not worrying about the money just starting my day with a bike ride some good yoga making sure i'm drinking my water you read every fucking thing cut off the subscriptions anything you don't need let it go so you can see that was a big part of what allowed me to uh, find clarity and realize where i was and how to get from there to where i'm trying to go so that's when you get into the reading and writing and you start to manifest and figure out okay this is the direction i want to you know push myself in so you discovering crystals really changed your life right you yeah, know yeah. It, it sounds like you know you're probably one of the few cases where you're able to bring yourself out without having you know professional sort of speak assistance and so with that being said um when it comes to professionals in the mental health field African-Americans are a small number and even smaller when it comes to black men. Um, what can we do to fill the gap and expand resources to ensure that we provide a safe place for people of color to talk about the experiences that battle that they battle with as far as mental health goes, right? And so Julian, we should, you we should are, create. So before you continue, I wanna I wanna tap into Julian real quick. Julian is one of the three percent. Right within the mental, was it four percent or three percent? Yeah, it's like about four to four to five percent, something like that. Right. So you are Same. small. You are part of a very small elite group of men and women. Well, men at, at this point, right, that have reached the that this level of uh, within the mental health space, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is one the challenge? That's that's what is the barrier? For more people to tap into this space because clearly it's there's a need, but apparently there's there's something yeah. 
there's something you know creating a barrier there sure yeah and i i think it's unfortunately it always comes down to money if it's so so many years so many years you need to spend in school um you know trying to perform at the the highest level you can academically right physically emotionally and being dirt poor um and i that's a common experience for people like us i know my my white counterparts they, they have uh, what's a student loan what's this i don't know what that's for like and, and it's it's uh you know when they say like ignorance is bliss it's like they they were able to go about things so much more uh, easily because of resources but um just know that at least right now uh, my story is just one of like straight perseverance and grit. Um, I have a fantastic wife who was by my side and helped out a lot um, because I could not have done it alone. But it's about knowing that you're going to do something beneficial for yourself, for your community, and you're going to have to put up with some stuff to, to get there, at least at least in this point in time. I know it sounds, it doesn't sound the most optimistic, but I'm just being real. Like it, it's very, there's nothing more rewarding, you know, than what I do, and uh, especially with our community and everything that I've worked through, like everything that I've endured, is absolutely worth it. It, it doesn't mean anything now. So just having that mentality, like there's, there'll be some sacrifices to to get places, but it's, it's so worth it. So uh, here's a here's a question: Having gone through what you've gone through to become doctor, right? Would you recommend like you know, and and I don't think this, and and I think this question is more so for people within our community, right? Would you recommend a non-black therapist, right? Um, and it's it's not against, and once again, answer this question as you yeah. please. But like I said, it's not necessary. I don't think this question is a knock, right? It's just knowing what you know and what you have gone through to make it where you are. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend a non-black therapist for people within our community? Absolutely, absolutely. Especially, um, if, you know, they're coming from uh, every every therapist should have their own uh, referral network with people who they know have been properly trained. At least that's what I do, and I have my close people. But um, and I'm saying this because they teach multiculturalism, right? We in a lot of counseling programs, uh, psychology programs. It's it's a it's a mandate from the like American Counseling Association, American Psychological Association. So there, you don't need to be Black or Latino to, to be able to treat a Black or Latino person, not at all. Um, there's been multiple studies on that, and it's, it's not very significant. So absolutely, I will, because um, the train, you know, the, these are trained professionals who are able to still relate to people without being one of, one of them. And, and it goes both ways. And because I think that's, you know, um, you know, even in my search, right, one of the mm-hmm. things that I wanted to do was find somebody and, and you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I've been bamboozled the last two therapists that I've had, but that's a whole nother subject. Um, you know, that, but that's right now we're in a state where there's a concerted effort to find black therapists, right? Because there's, I think like you alluded to it, there's this, um, perception that the black therapist is the only one that can properly treat me because of cultural relevance right and it it sounds like that there have been advances in the education program or in in the programs for mental health professionals that there is a um um what did you call uh multiculture multi yeah yeah multiculturalism that's it's a topic that is taught in in almost all programs okay so it's be again is everyone every therapist you know should be able to to handle anyone regardless of you know race ethnicity sexuality got you and then trilla you had you had something to say earlier and i just wanted to catch julian because I know he's on a short time window, so I wanted to catch him while he while we still got him. Yeah. Well, no, thank you good, guys bro. for having me. I'm a, I'm a head out. All right. Appreciate well, thanks, you, thanks Julian. Coming, bro. So, so before you leave, congratulations again. So before you leave, Julian, um, this Real is talk. the last question we're gonna ask, and then we'll go to Trilla. Like, how can we continue this conversation? I, I know this is something that is near and dear to your heart, and um, you know, this can't be the end of it, right? Like. 
what are ways that we can continue this conversation to continue to let people realize that if you're dealing with depression, you're not on an island yourself, you know, cut some trees and check the other side of the island. You'll probably see a lot of other people there as well. Like, what can we do? Um, you know, we're, we're doing our smart part here by providing this yeah. space, but what are some other things? Yeah, I think um, wh- whoever you trust in your life, right, whether that be a friend, a sibling, your parent, aunt, uncle, you know, whatever, um, having having some courage and talking to people about what it is that you're going through, whether it's depression, anxiety, you know, drinking too much, right, lack of focus in life, you know, thinking that you have a lack of purpose, whatever it is that brings about any type of negative emotion to talk to someone tell give 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 that to someone else um i know that there's this uh notion that we shouldn't give our problems to someone else but let them determine that right let them determine if you're a burden or not um so my message is to tell tell someone at least one person um just to keep that conversation going even even if it's within yourself or just one other person and then I know I said that was the last one, but um, Ashley asked this question, right? Um, pretty much there's inconsistency amongst therapists, right? And mm-hmm. I think your answer is going to be keep trying until you find the right one. Um, but, you know, did I take the words out your mouth or no? No, I, that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of it. But it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to tell. Um, Again, you can be, depending on how, how uh, thorough you want to be, you know, look up a provider's credentials and maybe do a quick Google search of their curriculum, right, to see if they were taught uh, cultural competence, multiculturalism. Like, yeah, I mean, what, how, how can you, uh, you know, ensure that consistency with, with provider to provider? It's, it's almost, it's impossible to ensure that. Um, but just try to do your best to do do your research on the provider beforehand when hopefully you, you do find the right one that can meet your needs. Well, we thank you for giving us the time, Julian, Dr. Julian. Um, and, you know, once again, you are always welcome to come back. And I, I think the audience loves you. They, they love getting the answers from you. So we definitely appreciate you jumping on. With that being said, we appreciate you, good brother. And enjoy Thank the rest you, of the day. Take right, care, gentlemen. Hello, okay. So, Cope, Trilla, you know, um, this was definitely a dope conversation in which, you know, we were able to identify different areas, different ways people experience depression. We were able to identify different ways to kind of work through it, right? You know, some of us add on more stuff to our plates. Some of us like you know we we go dive in like you did you dive into everything known to man to be able to find your way out to the other side right you know i'm literally uh, barefoot in grass right now by the way there you go there you go he's he's getting grounded right and i I think a lot let's go i think a lot of times you know we think that there's one way of treating whatever we're going through and between yourself and dr julian you guys showed us that you know, you can come out of it yourself, but there's nothing wrong with finding a professional, right? If you can afford it. Correct. Because a professional to Ike or to, to Trilla is finding a yoga instructor, finding a meditation coach, right? Because these things do help and they've made you the man you are today. So I want you to, I want you to, 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 to stand proud of or finding an elder that will appreciate it bro you know or, or finding an elder too um that's another I, was somebody talking my bad no no you're good that's all you okay but i was just gonna add to it like just like you said even finding an elder that can give you a sense of enlightenment on the history of how common what you're going through is you feel what i'm saying like everybody most of the people that look like you've been through a lot of this stuff you know what i'm saying but it, like i say the the shame guilt factor or the judgment factor like we got to throw all those concepts out of the window because they they've stagnated our growth so you know uh, and i got to give credit to nisha too nisha helped me a lot she turned me on to certain books she um 
pinpointed whenever I was a little bit too aggressive here or there or just like you say, you know, we offers, so we can come off a little bit extra sometimes. So we have to channel that energy into other things. But um, I'm grateful that I found the things that, that were able to help me heal. And um, like I said in the chat, um, I feel like a, a dope way that we could um, make healing and even this information more accessible to people is just offer 15-minute bookings or just come together and do 15-minute videos that you chop up but you got an agenda where okay we just this video is just to spread information or even if this is just me telling my story of how i came out of this or that or you know what i'm saying or my family member went through that it's always the inspiration like you said as long as we touch one that's gonna have a lasting effect and it trickles on to that may be a story that tell the kids you know and get them through something like it's a beautiful way this thing works you know what i'm saying We definitely want to keep talking about the things that impact our communities. Um, and, you know, this is definitely one, right? Um, far too often, um, you know, the, the black male um, doesn't feel like they have a platform to talk about. And so the state of the black man's mental health is really a platform for us, for us brothers to really talk our shit, you know, talk that talk without yeah, feeling yeah. as though that is going to be weaponized or it's going to be spun on like clickbait. You know, we really want to make sure that everyone feels like they can be heard, right? Because you mentioned something earlier. It's like, you know, I asked, do you feel like the people around you knew that you were going through a depression state? And you said they didn't care. We care, right? The people that are on this live care. Um, there are people out there that just haven't discovered this yet. They care. So do understand that people care about you. People care about what we're going through as black men and understand that, you know, this space is always going to be here so that we can talk about whatever it is that we need to get off our chest so we can be well, so we can be better. Um, I'm going to pass it off to Cope for some last thoughts. And, um, you know, Cope is doing daddy duty today, so he was a little quiet. Um, but I appreciate him. Salute, bro. Up. Being a father that he nah, is. but I mean, at the end of the day, what I think that this really, what we really need to, I think, focus on as people who are not therapists is mental health maintenance. Because the therapist, if we were to focus on mental health, the what mental health maintenance is as a community, then the therapists are able to do the heavy lifting. And so, like having, like I'm lucky as fuck to have Julian as my friend. Like I have a therapist who's a friend, but you know. I don't, it's not that nobody cares. It's that a lot of the loudest people don't care. And they do try, like, there's a lot of the toxic masculinity out there. There's a lot of the hyper masculinity. And, you know, like Julian was saying, I'll be honest with you myself. I never think that my problems are something that I would put on somebody that I feel responsible for ever. So it's really a matter of finding somebody that you can see who is your equal and unfortunately for most men it's usually just another man like we don't really see if you see yourself as the protector of these people so it's really hard to you know let them decide if they're going to take it on or not because sometimes you feel like what if they're just taking it on because you know it's you and you're their protector and so there's a lot of things that factor into you, like putting your head down and going and handling it yourself. And I think that one of those things is actually your history. Like I stay winning. It just be really, really, really bothering me sometimes, you know what I mean, the process. But you know, if I have to do it myself, then I just have to do it myself. But I think that we just need to be honest and let people know, like, it's not a matter of what it is that we have to do. We can do it by ourselves if we have to, but we don't want to. Just like women are, don't want to do the shit by themselves. Like we don't really want to do the shit by ourselves either. We would love to do the shit in companionship and in community. And I think that as men, we should be a little bit more honest about that so that we can at least create that type of a narrative. I appreciate you. And with that being said, listen, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, 
hit that notification bell so people know when we drop new episodes. This has been another episode of the State of the Black Man's Mental Health. We are here every third Saturday of the month, unless something happens. But with that being said, say well, maintain your peace, take care of yourselves. All right, peace.